You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I will be your host for the next hour. This is episode 197 of Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I have a nice long weekend here yeah. with uh, St. John Baptiste Day on uh, Friday, just yesterday. And uh, I'm looking forward to kicking back and relaxing. Happy St. John to everyone um, yesterday and the, the long weekend. Um, and then next week, um, we have Canada Day. And, and uh, in between, we've got all kinds of hockey Hockey news, hockey happenings, and uh, we're just we're under two weeks now till the draft. So this is getting exciting. Uh, I've had goosebumps uh, for the past <laughs> week. I don't think they're going to go away until uh, maybe a couple weeks after that draft. So looking forward to that. But uh, here on today's episode, uh, we have uh, quite a few things to get through. First, uh, we do have some Habs news, and that will be followed up by our Habs prospect report. Uh, we'll be reporting on a couple different leagues, including AHL and the Memorial Cup. Plus, uh, to end segment one, we have some news from around the NHL. In segment two, weighing the draft rankings. So Rick and I are going to take a look at our top three choices in the upcoming draft, and we're going to take a bit of a deep dive on all three of them and uh, see uh, who we like best, uh, find out who you like best as well. And that will bring us to segment three, and that's the Have Your Say segment. So our Canadians Connection Question of the Week, uh, we will ask you that. And finally, we have uh, some uh, things to talk about going into next week, so we will get you all prepared for that. And uh, so, Rick, if people want to interact with us, what's the best way to do so? Uh, social, social media is one place, uh, more directly is our rocket sports text line, five, eight, five, three rocket. That's five, eight, five, three rocket. Perfect. So make sure you also follow at Habs connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus you can visit the website canadiansconnection.com. 
So an interesting headline from this past week. Uh, we have some furry-friendly news. I'm very excited to talk <laughs> about this one. Uh, Yuppie finally got an opportunity to celebrate his induction into the Mascot Hall of Fame last weekend. Uh, the Mascot Hall of Fame opened up in 2005 in Indiana. And, well, for Yuppie, he's been the Habs' official mascot since 2005. Uh, prior to that, he was a longtime mascot for the Montreal Expos. That goes back to 1979. That's right, and and uh, this was uh, he was cel- he was um, inducted into the mascot Hall of Fame. Who knew there was a mascot Hall of Fame um, in Whiting, Indiana, just outside of Chicago? Um, there's a bit of a kids museum there as well for mascots. Uh, but he was inducted virtually into the mascot Hall of Fame um, in uh, in 2020. Uh, but given the COVID situation. Uh, the mascots that were inducted weren't able to get their rings yet. Did you know that there was there was rings that you get when you're inducted? Um, yeah, you can look online. They're 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 kind of silly looking, but that's what mascots are supposed to be. So, uh, UP, um, congratulations, and the much loved um, mascot of first the Montreal Expos and now the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, if people are looking uh, to, I guess, fall down a rabbit hole, I recommend going to the Mascot Hall of Fame website and looking at those pictures with UP among other mascots. <laughs> it's it's an interesting one. It's uh, not something that uh, I'm used to seeing too often. So make sure you check out the Habs Notepad and the Habs Headlines posts appearing regularly at allhabs.net. So taking a look at, uh, I guess, roster news, the Montreal Canadiens will play two preseason games in uh, Twillingate, Newfoundland, and Elsa Pogtog, First Nation in New Brunswick, versus the Ottawa Senators. The two communities won the Craft Hockeyville competition. Uh, the games were unfortunately postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But we're looking for forward to the games, the first one happening October 6th at the Steel Community Centre in Gander, Newfoundland, and then October 8th at J.K. Irving Center in Bructouche, New Brunswick. Nicely done. Um, the, this, this is a, um, a very important event for the communities. These are small communities and uh, you know, comes with upgrades to their facilities, much-needed upgrades, uh, and the chance to have two NHL teams in their barn is uh, pretty exciting for, that, for those two local communities. Um, you know, the, the Canadians, uh, we know that, that every team in the league wants to have a preseason game with the Montreal Canadians because those, those preseason games, they split the, uh, the gate and, uh, and usually you get, even for preseason games, uh, a full bell center. Uh, but these ones will be out uh, outside and and uh, a really nice a really nice program and and great for the people in those communities to get to see some uh, NHL talent. Yeah, I always look forward to these out of town preseason games um, and great opportunity for some of these communities to potentially see some uh, high quality prospects on the Montreal Canadiens. So that that'll be uh, something to look forward to. So you're and, looking through the house listings, Michael? 
Uh, I can't say that I was, <laughs> but uh, there, there was something you sent me. Uh, I, I think the name was, uh, is it pronounced Shea Weber? Uh, something like that. Yeah, we know that last week we talked quite a bit about Shea Weber. Uh, we know he spends a lot of time in BC, but he also had a, a home in Montreal, uh, just outside of Montreal, so Shore and Candiac, uh, where you're going to find Carey Price as well. And with his trade, or at least uh, the trade of his contract, to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, his house is up for sale. So if you have set aside, you know, your pennies, um, you can you can have uh, Shea Weber's house uh, for a mere $3.85 million. Um, it's a beauty. Uh, it has six bedrooms, five bathrooms. Uh, there's, a, there's a big games room with a hardwood floor. There's a pool. There's all the kinds of things you might expect. And... Uh, Yes, uh, in Candiac, $3.85 million. And the way the housing market is, you probably have to bid a little bit over over asking these days. Um, but uh, again, we thought an interesting story uh, that you might want to know about. Yeah, yeah. well, after you said the amount of bathrooms, I think I'll, uh, I'll put in my bid. Great. Perfect. So now it's time for the Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So in the Calder Cup Finals, the Chicago Wolves lead the best of seven game series with the Springfield Thunderbirds 3-1. to one. Uh, Springfield won game one, but the Wolves came back and won the next three. Uh, the Wolves could win the Calder Cup tonight, uh, June the 25th on Saturday. Uh, we'll see what happens. And of course, it was Springfield that dispatched uh, the Laval Rocket in seven games. And um, they they took uh, the Wolves by surprise. The, the Wolves have been the class of the AHL all season long. Um, and Springfield kind of caught them um, and won in overtime in game one, but it's been all Chicago since then, um, and we know that in the AHL, uh, for the seven-game series, they have the 2-3-2 two, two format, so the last two games uh, have been in Springfield, but no matter, Chicago just uh, uh, is is mo- motoring along, and uh, uh, tonight's game, um, game five, will be in uh, Springfield as well, and as you said, uh, on the cusp, the Wolves are of winning their Calder Cup um, uh, title. So in Laval Rocket news, uh, the Laval Rocket have re-signed forward Peter Abandonado and defenseman Tori Dello to one-year, one-way AHL contracts. Uh, Peter Abandonado spent time in both the ECHL and AHL this past season. He also suited up for the Rocket in the playoffs. Uh, defenseman Tori Dello spent the season in the AHL. He played 55 games. Interesting signings. Um, very interesting signings, particularly Abandonado, who you might have expected maybe he was uh, would, would get a two-way contract, uh, the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, or he might have been one of those signings left to the end. He didn't play, as you said, every game, kind of split time. Um, uh, Tori Dello, a different story. We know that the, uh, that J.F. loved his, his defense. Um, they were, um, I'd say the, the best defense, um, in the AHL and certainly made, uh, Caden Primo look pretty good in, in the playoffs. Uh, Tori Dello, a key piece of that. 
Uh, with these signings, uh, you know, we again, we've stressed here and stressed on uh, the Press Zone, our sister podcast, that uh, there's going to be a different, a very, very, very different looking team in Laval next year. Lots more prospects. Um, and uh, so we want to see the, the organization save spots and prioritize spots uh, for those prospects rather than uh, the AHL veterans uh, that we have uh, who were signed this week. The Laval Rocket also signed some players to some two-way AHL contracts. Uh, Anthony Beauregard, Santino Centrome, and uh, Olivier Gallipo, you might have heard of already. Uh, Beauregard spent time in the Swiss League this past season. Uh, Centrome uh, played with St. Francis Xavier U in uh, U Sports, and uh, Gallipo split the season between the AHL and ECHL. Uh, depth players. Um, uh, Trois Riviera has been very busy the last week uh, signing uh, folks, uh, about a dozen of them. And so this is kind of in conjunction with Laval. These are players that uh, will likely start Trois Riviera, but with the two way contract, uh, be easier to call, have uh, call ups if need be uh, to Laval. Yeah, and uh, the Trois-Rivières Lions themselves uh, re-signed uh, team captain Cendric Montmini, along with assistant captain Mathieu Brodeur. Um, Cedric uh, Montmini uh, had 20 goals with the Lions this season. Brodeur is a six foot foot six foot six defenseman, and uh, he put up 19 points. Yeah, so they get their leadership core back, and uh, and that's important. Trois-Rivières, it was their inaugural season, a, v- a very successful season in their first in the ECHL, and their, their first, of course, as an affiliate, the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. And heading out east to the Memorial Cup that has been underway this past week in St. John's, New Brunswick. The four teams participating are the Edmonton Oil Kings, the Hamilton Bulldogs, Shawinigan Cataracts, and the St. John's Sea Dogs. Uh, so far, the tournament is over for the Edmonton Oil Kings. The Oil Kings lost 4-2 to to the Hamilton Bulldogs in the final game of the round robin. Uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs will now go on to face one of Shawinigan or St. John's. And uh, Rick, I'm going to get you to explain this uh, complicated tournament. So we know that there are three um, Canadians prospects. The Canadians have the most uh, prospects in the Memorial Cup. Those three prospects, Caden uh, Gooley, uh, Jan Meshack, Arbor Jackai. Arbor Jackai and Meshack for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Gooley for uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. As you said, the Oil Kings, uh, their um, uh, Memorial Cup is over um, and uh, unfortunate for, for Caden Gooley. Uh, the oil, the oil kings won one game in um, in overtime, lost two games, and in the Memorial Cup, um, the the competition works on uh, a three two one point system, uh, three points for a regulation win, uh, two points for a uh, overtime win, and one point for a uh, overtime loss. Uh, so it sets up, as you said, Hamilton, uh, they're in the semifinal in, uh, on Monday. We know that, uh, there's one game, uh, today as we record on Saturday between Shawinigan and St. John's, the St. John's Sea Sea Dogs. They're, they're in the tournament, uh, by virtue of being the host. Uh, the others are, you know, Shawinigan is, is the, the winner of the queue, Edmonton was uh, was the winner of the um, WHL and Hamilton of the OHL. 
So that game today is very important. And the way the point system works out, uh, that if if St. John wins um, in regulation time, uh, they go directly to the final, and that final is on Wednesday, uh, the Memorial Cup final. Shawinigan, on the other hand, uh, if they win in any fashion, or e- even if they lose the game in overtime, they go directly to uh, the final on Wednesday, and and uh, the other team uh, will play um, uh, Hamilton on Monday, and the winner, of course, will go on to uh, the Wednesday final. So a little complicated, a little bit more complicated than we're used to, uh, but I hope I hope that was uh, that was clear in how it's it's going to be set up. Um, but as as at this point, uh, two Canadians prospects remain. That is. Uh, Arbor Jackai, who has been turning some heads throughout uh, the playoffs, and uh, uh, and Jan Mishak. So I'm looking forward to see how this tournament turns out. And while there's another tournament I'm excited about coming out in August, if you head over west to Edmonton, it's uh, the World Juniors Championships, which was postponed from earlier this year. Um, it's unlikely that uh, we will see uh, Canadians prospect defenseman Caden Gooley or uh, forward prospect Jan Mishak, but... The Canadians do have a prospect that was invited to play for Team Finland in Oliver Kapanen. Um, this tournament seems to conflict a little bit with Canadians' development camp, which is likely why we won't see as many prospects as we would have hoped. That's right. Uh, Caden Gooley, of course, um, captain of uh, the World Juniors um, when it was held uh, at the usual time um, <laughs> over the Christmas break. Jan Mishak, um, um was on that team. Um, but given the, the schedule, because it had to be, be bumped because of the, the COVID uh, situation, had to be bumped to August, uh, it changes the, the personnel that will be available. Um, you know, they got the Canadians prospects like Mishak and, and Gooley playing until the end of June. Uh, they're going to be attending the development camp uh, just after the draft uh, in Montreal. Uh, then to, to then be available for... Um, the the World Juniors in August and the Canadians rookie camp in early September. Uh, you know, there's they wouldn't have had a summer off. As it is, it's going to be a short summer for the prospects. So uh, we're not going to see them at the World Junior Juniors. Uh, for Team Finland, we'll likely see uh, Oliver Kapanen. Um, he was um, a second round pick, 64th overall last year, um, and and he has. Uh, uh, he, he's played a little bit of everything uh, uh, this past year in juniors in there in, in Finland's uh, the equivalent of an AHL as well as the men's league, the Liga. Um, so it'll be interesting to, uh, to see him on, on the world stage uh, come August. Be sure to read all the content at ahl.report and listen to slash subscribe to the Press Zone. Last week's podcast was filled with audio from Laval Rockets exit interviews. Taking a look at some hockey news from around the league, uh, just a reminder here, the NHL entry draft in Montreal, that's happening in a couple weeks, coming up soon, July 7th to 18th, Montreal. Rocket Sports Media slash All Habs team members will be present, and uh, we're looking forward to being there. You're excited about it? Yeah, very much so. Uh, I did attend, uh, I guess, rounds two through seven in Ottawa when the draft happened in Ottawa. This will be the first time I'll be there for the first round. The first round. round. uh, The home team drafting first overall. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, our group um, will be there with the Rocket Sports team. Uh, We have some... uh, 
couple of fans and, and some experts uh, uh, from the, the hockey world. And, and um, all of us are, are excited about uh, what's about to take place uh, in Montreal. Um, as I've said before, the draft uh, is a draft anywhere for me is one of the highlights of the hockey season. Now having it in Montreal and with Montreal with the first overall pick should be absolutely out of this world. This past week, uh, we had some more NHL awards going out. Uh, the first one, well, the big win- winner here, and uh, as they said, uh, it's nice to see a Maple Leaf winning in the, the summertime. Uh, <laughs> Austin Mas- Matthews walks away with the Hart Memorial Trophy and the Ted and Lindsay Award. Yeah, that's right. It was, um, it was a little odd that the, the best player in the world... Uh, is not, um, uh, does not win an award, but Austin Matthews is there. And uh, a little bit of a Canadian's connection for the, the Ted Lindsay Award. Uh, the uh, two presenters, David Amber was one. The other presenter was uh, Martin Lafleur, Guy Lafleur's son. And it was uh, real nice to see him uh, in attendance, in person, uh, and being uh, rec- and, and, and Guy Lafleur being recognized at the awards through his son, uh, Martin. Colorado Avalanche defenseman Kale McCarr wins the James Norris Memorial Trophy. Uh, I think they got this one right. Uh, McCarr has been knocking on the door for the Norris for a little while now. Yeah, I don't think this this was even close. Uh, absolutely well-deserved. And uh, the voting was absolutely not close on this one either. Uh, New York Rangers goalie Igor Shosturkin wins the Vesna by a landslide. <laughs> Absolutely. He had a brilliant season um, and carried uh, the Rangers as far as they could go in, in the playoffs. This, uh, he's got a good future uh, with the Rangers. And uh, Detroit Red Wings defenseman Moritz Sider. He wins the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, I agree with that one too. Sider has been very fun to watch. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of drafts, um, we were there uh, when um, um, Moritz Sider was selected um, in, in a bit of a surprise, I think. Uh, well, not I think, yeah, an absolute surprise. And we had with our group, with our fan group, we had a couple of three uh, Detroit Red Wings fans um, who were aghast by this selection. Um, and, and their reaction made it to the, made it to all the news. It was, it went viral a bit. Um, and, uh, interestingly enough, Maureen Sider reached out to them, uh, and bridged the gap and they became, uh, those three became the biggest Maureen Sider fans there are. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's a lot of fun. He, he had a terrific season. He's going to be a great defenseman, uh, for the Red Wings. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, it's interesting to see there's, there was a lot of, of talk about Cole Caulfield going into the season that he was the odds on favorite. I mean, um, even Trevor Zegras was, was picking Cole Caulfield to win, uh, the Calder. He's, he predicted that Caulfield would, would score 40 goals last year. Um, we know that didn't happen. We know that for whatever reason, there wasn't a match with Dom Ducharme and he had a dreadful first half, um, scoring just once. Uh, he picked it up in the, in the, in the, uh, second half. And, and, uh, you know, if he had played, uh, in the second half, like he did in the first, would he have had a chance? Absolutely. Of being included in this group. But 
Um, he didn't. And and one of the things is playing for the whole season. Um, and and maybe, you know, uh, yes, uh, Cole Caulfield was a good match with Marty St. Louis, and, and they mashed, and, and, and Marty was able to get the best out of him. But who's to say that any of these guys, uh, Lucas Raymond or, or Michael Bunting or Trevor Zegras, has the best coach for them. You have to perform with what you have. And, and Caulfield just didn't do that. Not to say that, you know, um, that he's a bust or anything like that and he's going to have some great seasons to come, but really wasn't, wasn't in it, um, really wasn't in it for uh, the Calder. And, 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 and that's fine. Um, you know, he can go on to have a great season. The, the difficulty is that the Montreal media, who said they would never, ever, 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 ever uh, vote for one of their own, uh, they were t- tremendously ob- objective and they couldn't possibly bring themselves to vote for Carey Price because he was one of their own. Well, they were all over with, with their votes for Cole Caulfield here, uh, and it made them look even sillier, uh, I think. Um, that said... Cole Caulfield going to have a great career. So are um, the, the the other uh, members of the rookie class in addition to Sider. And and the all-rookie team, as named uh, during awards week, Jeremy Swayman in goal, on defense, Sider, of course, uh, Alexandra Carrier, uh, Michael Bunting, Lucas Raymond, and Trevor Zegras at forward. Uh, and uh, I don't have any problem with those selections. Um, not at all. And uh, just to add to your point there, winning the Calder, absolutely a huge accomplishment. It's not everything in your whole career. And right. uh, you know what? Caulfield has a lot of good years to come. That's right. So our Stanley Cup playoff updates. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche lead the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 to two in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Tampa Bay won last night on Friday uh, to keep themselves alive. They were originally down three to one in the series. And uh, I don't know, Tampa's struggled a little bit with consistency, but you can never really count them out. No, you're absolutely right. Um, You know, Colorado has looked like a powerhouse, you know, last night um, didn't quite get the goaltending. And, uh, uh, head coach was asked, uh, what did you think of Kemper? And he said, mm, he was okay. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. That first goal should have never, 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 never gone in. No, not um, at all. He, even DraftKings was as- asking, did you have Jan Ruda on your betting card? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, but uh, we're the, the hockey, as particularly the second period, was uh, just a treat to watch. Uh, we've been we've we've seen some very 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 good hockey between two exceptional teams. Yeah, uh, coming into this, I don't think either team was an underdog, and uh, I, I think it's been a while since we've had that in a Stanley Cup final. Usually, there's one team that uh, seems to have a, a little bit more hype around them. So uh, nice to see a best on best here. Absolutely. So the NHL coaching carousel, uh, there's been a whole bunch of stuff that went down this week. I'll uh, start things off. The Dallas Stars hired Pete DeBoer as their coach. Uh, Pete DeBoer was let go by the Vegas Golden Knights earlier this year. Excellent then, coach. Excellent, excellent coach. Um, and and Bruce Cassidy goes into Vegas. They're a little bit impatient with their coaches there, as we know. Um, and, and this is a pretty good match uh, for Dallas. Uh, Pete DeBoer known uh, for his Excellent defensive structures. He'll fit uh, nicely uh, in uh, following uh, Rick Bonus. 
and moving over to the Florida Panthers, uh, they decided to hire Paul Maurice as head coach, um, despite uh, Andrew Burnett, uh, who was their interim coach, getting a Jack Adams nom- nomination. They went ahead with a full-fledged coaching search, and they decided that Paul Maurice was the coach of the future. It's, um, it's very interesting um, because there were a number of, of organizations in the situation where they had fired their coaches mid-season, that they had an interim uh, head coach. Um, And obviously, uh, uh, the Florida Panthers were one, uh, with Joel Quenville leaving uh, quite early and and Andrew Burnett uh, taking over and doing doing a great job leading them to uh, the president's trophy, but um, underwhelming in in the playoffs. Um, And... And, um, you know, the, it, it's interesting to see the Canadians didn't bother with any kind of a search. Uh, they just removed the, the uh, interim tag from Marty St. Louis. Um, uh, Hughes and, and uh, Gordon were very happy with uh, what, uh, the, not necessarily the record, but the, the spirit that, that St. Louis had brought and that hockey was fun again. Uh, other teams, and we talked about the, the Flyers being one, had a different kind of approach and the kind of criteria they used. Um, Bill Zito was, was uh, the GM in Florida. Um, he was very thoughtful and, and methodical uh, and, and said, listen, um, when you get into the playoffs and when you're going for the Stanley Cup, experience is paramount. Uh, that's a very different approach from Montreal. Of course, the two teams are at opposite ends of, of uh, the success scale, uh, particularly this year. Um, but Bill Zito also said um, that it, he felt that it was incumbent upon them uh, to, and prudent uh, was the word he used, uh, to, to do a full search to, uh, to not only include uh, Andrew Burnett in the, the interview process, but to talk to some people outside. Um, and he talked about uh, with uh, Paul Maurice uh, being, it was just overwhelming that he was the best fit, had the most experience uh, to be able to take uh, the, the Panthers, who had an amazing season as it was, but to take them to the next level and be one of the, uh, the best teams uh, and, and the contenders for the Stanley Cup. Um, they want to keep improving, even though they had a great season. They want to keep improving and go to the next step, and uh, I think that was that. That was an interesting for Canadians fans who see a very different process. It was a very kind of instructive way of how other teams are looking at things. And speaking of very experienced coaches, uh, Barry Trotz. It doesn't look like he will be behind an NHL bench as a head coach this October. He had a couple of teams uh, interested in him. Uh, he came closest uh, to joining the Winnipeg head, uh, Winnipeg Jets as their head coach, um, but let uh, the, the Jets know on uh, uh, Friday that he would not be uh, joining them. He's going to focus. He's going to take a year off. He's going to focus on his family. Now, um, it's not so bad because he still has one more year left on his his deal with uh, his contract with the Islanders, so he's going to get paid $4 million dollars. Uh, and he's going to decide his future, but that future will not be with uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Although he said it was very attractive for him to uh, go back to his home province uh, 
And, um, you know, along the way, he had offers of uh, beer for life and, and all kinds of things in Winnipeg. They really wanted uh, to bring him home. And, and he said that he was very Im- impressed uh, with, uh, with the Jets' uh, management and ownership and their commitment to winning. Uh, but he's, he's decided to uh, focus on his family for the next year. So the Montreal Canadiens are losing some experience behind their bench. Uh, according to Frank Saravelli, the Chicago Blackhawks have hired Luke Richardson as their head coach. Now, this is something not official yet from the Blackhawks. Uh, we understand that that will uh, be made official uh, next Tuesday or Wednesday. He'll be introduced. Um, and And here's another situation where... Um, the, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, they fired Jeremy Colleton, uh, after, uh, uh, I think he started with a one, nine and two season thereabouts. Uh, uh, so he was fired quite early in the season. Uh, Derek King was promoted, uh, from assistant coach to interim head coach. They went, um, almost all the, the full season with Derek King. Um, at, but at the end of the season, they decided to do a full uh, coaching search and uh, inv- invited uh, several uh, candidates in addition to Derek King. Um, and Luke Richardson was one of them. And he obviously, uh, we knew that he had made it on to the, uh, the second stage of the interviews and he obviously impressed them. And, and why wouldn't he? He is a terrific, terrific coach um, and, and very much a player's coach. Uh, the, the, the players just love playing for him. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely a loss for the Montreal Canadiens because as we've said before, uh, the collective experience, uh, on, uh, that Montreal Canadiens bench at the end of last year was the least, uh, of all benches in the National Hockey League. Uh, and Luke Richardson had the most experience. He's been a head coach in the AHL in quite a few years of assistant coaching experience. So, uh, he's going to be missed, and it's going to leave uh, a hole for the Canadians to fill. Well, you mentioned uh, Luke Richardson being a well-liked coach. Uh, we have some audio from Ben Chirot, uh from over a year ago when uh, Richardson took over duties behind the bench after uh, Dom Ducharme tested positive for COVID. I think I speak for all the defense when I say that we'd all we'd all go through a wall for Luke, and I think that's what um, you know the best compliment you can give a coach. We, we go for a wall for him because we know he'd go through a wall for us. He's, he's a player's coach. Um, you know, he's obviously played forever and knows exactly what we're going through. So um, he's been great for us. All the D love him. I know that, you know, he's up front now. We miss him on the back end, but I know the forwards will uh, enjoy having him call out those forward lines too. Yeah, he stepped in in that, in a very difficult circumstances in that Vegas uh, series uh, and then uh, with the Arturi Lekkinen goal carried uh, into the uh, the final against uh, Tampa Bay, and then uh, it was Dom Ducharme who returned from his quarantine uh, to end that series. But um, you know, really well respected by the Montreal Canadiens players, veterans and young players uh, alike. Um, look at the work in this last year that Luke Richardson uh, did with uh, Alexander Romanov and and. Um, even um, Marty St. Louis said how much he relied on Luke Richardson, that uh, he's not a very vocal guy. Um, he doesn't talk a lot, but when he says something, you better listen because it's, uh, it's very meaningful. 
Uh, we also have some audio from uh, Corey Perry, who made some comments about Luke Richardson as well uh, last night on uh, Friday before Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. Well, he's a tremendous person. Um, he, he did a heck of a job coming in when when uh, Dom went out with, with COVID in the playoffs there. And, um, guys are going to respect him. He's been around the game a long time, and... Uh, no, he, he knows the game really well, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Corey Perry asked, it's kind of an odd question. You think that Corey Perry has a lot of other things to, to worry about, to, to think about um, uh, going into a game five, but the, the Montreal media asked him uh, with the, the report swirling about Luke Richardson, and obviously uh, Corey Perry has had a, quite a number of good coaches, but has an awful lot of respect for uh, Luke Richardson, um, and, 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 uh, as he said, wishes him well. So I believe that's going to be it, uh, for segment one coming up. I, is I'm just going to, oh, I'm just going to interrupt here and, and just, if we can take a minute to extend this and, and just, um, you know, it's wonderful for Luke Richardson, uh, but just l- let's speculate a bit about that hole left on, on the, uh, Montreal Canadiens bench because that's uh, you know f- Canadians fans are saying um, uh, great uh, good luck Luke but what about us <laughs> um, so I th- I think it's it's incumbent to uh, to look at what might happen there and and um, I think the first we've uh, if you go on social media you're going to see some pretty wild names. Um, uh, Francis Bullion, maybe not so wild. Uh, Francis Bullion, uh, the uh, a player development coach, and and we know that that uh, Frankie Boo has not a whole lot of experience, and 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 he kind of had to be his arm twisted a bit uh, by Mark Bergevin to take on this role. They see a lot of potential with Frankie Boo in in this um, in this area in in extending his. Uh, his hockey career. Um, and so he was brought on c- kind of to deal on a part-time basis with, with the prospects, the defensive prospects in Canada. Rob Ramage manages that department, has a, has a bigger portfolio. Maybe Rob Ramage would be uh, one of those considered, uh, one of those internal promotions. Uh, but one of the things that Laval is blessed with, and we've talked about this on the press zone uh, extensively is um, a lot of experience, a lot more experience than is on the Montreal uh, coaching bench. A lot of experience at coaching, and and that applies to uh, J.F. Vool. Uh, it applies to Kelly Buckberger, who uh, has done a great job with the Laval defense, um, and uh, Martin Laperriere, um, who the son of Jacques Laperriere, the great defensive co- defenseman for the Canadians and defensive coach. So. Uh, there's a lot of talent there to tap into. Um, if you're looking outside the organization, I've heard uh, Jacques Martin's name mentioned. I don't, I don't see that as a possibility. Um, but for my money, I would look at um, a, a young coach, uh, established coach who has had success in, say, the college ranks or the AHL. Uh, we talked about the Chicago Wolves earlier and how successful they've been. Uh, Ryan Worsofsky, um, head coach of the Chicago Wolves, is one of those coaches who in time is going to be an NHL coach and maybe he needs a little bit of experience as an assistant first. Uh, David Carl, at, uh, NCAA coach at the University of Denver, is is one that might be considered. 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of speculation. We, we, we heard from Kent Hughes um, after this, this, the news started to get leak out about Luke Richardson, and he said he was going to meet with Marty St. Louis and, and, and uh, uh, kind of uh, pin down the parameters, the criteria of, of what's going to be needed for this um, assistant head coaching position. Uh, in Montreal, and and uh, but th- this is another thing on his to do list uh, that is Ken Hughes, uh, as if he had didn't have enough to do this summer. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to get somebody with previous NHL head coaching experience to go and sit in as an assistant no. behind Martin Saint Louis. So I do like your thoughts uh, about maybe just relying on internal promotion or looking uh, throughout the AHL to see if there's somebody that we can oust from another team. Yeah, I think so. Perfect. So I believe that uh, that's all for that one, eh, Rick? <laughs> it sure is. Perfect. Coming up, uh, we have our big topic segment. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And uh, Rick, uh, how are you doing for segment two? Um, ready to go. Perfect. So it's uh, it's no secret there are three names that uh, Montreal could have interest in taking at uh, the first overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. Habs fans are left less than two weeks away from learning the results and uh, the important cho- most important choice by the Montreal Canadiens in decades. We have provided our listeners with comprehensive analysis on top prospects for this draft. I will refer you to previous episodes. The first one, uh, Wright Cooley or Slavkovsky. That's Canadians Connection episode 196 with uh, Sam Cosentino last week, uh, the NHL draft analyst from Sportsnet. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us, tell us about that episode? 
Listen, um, Sam Cosentino is one of the best in business. Um, absolutely the, the kind of guy who um, maybe doesn't have the, the star quality as some of the celebrity rankers, but he's the guy that I we've seen uh, in the, the arenas and you run into him all over the place because he's, he's the guy that's chasing the prospects, uh, wants, to, wants to not only see them play, to, to watch them practice, uh, but get to know them a little bit as well. Uh, and that all goes into to his rankings. And we had a great conversation. Um, Amy Johnson joined the, the, uh, that segment. A great conversation with Sam Cosentino. He gave us some anecdotes about the Combine. He was there. Uh, but also about um, his evaluation of those top three prospects. It's, it's absolutely um, a must-listen. And um, when, you, when we look at the numbers, boy, there a lot of, of fans have been uh, listening to that episode. Uh, it's as uh, valid today as, as it was when it was, was out. So uh, if you haven't listened to it, um, go to canadiansconnection.fm uh, or on your favorite podcast app, search uh, uh, Canadians Connection and look for episode number 196 with uh, Sportsnet's uh, draft expert, Sam Cosentino. And there's one other episode called A Critical Decision, Canadians Connection, episode 191. So that's back a few weeks. But that has an interview with Jerome Barube, the director of scouting for Hockey Prospects. And uh, what can you tell us about that uh, interview? And uh, what can you tell us about Jerome Barube? Jerome has is, is been a, a scout in Quebec for a long, long time and uh, and is... is uh, uh, grown up in this this field and is now the director of scouting for Hockey Prospect. Hockey Prospect, they put out the Black Book um, every year. Just came out in both uh, um, electronic PDF form and on Amazon in the print form this week. I know my shelves have um, uh, going back years uh, the the Black Books, the printed Black Books. Uh, most recently switch to the PDF form, but um, uh, they're just chock full of information. Uh, on, and, and this isn't seeing uh, a prospect uh, on video. This is seeing a prospect in person, in the arena, multiple, multiple, multiple t- times as well. Um, you know, these are the guys that you don't see on TV. These are the guys who are there doing the work, and they're talking with uh, the NHL scouts. And one of the things that we know is that um, the the draft, the published draft, uh, rankings don't always agree with the team's lists. Um, and so one of the ni- really nice features of Hockey Prospects Black Book is that it has comments uh, anonymously from NHL scouts uh, that can help you. So um, I think where you might, uh, if you go elsewhere, you, you might hear someone say, okay, and, and you, we've seen these fights on Twitter that are, that are really silly. Um, this player is the best that play, your player is, is crap. Um, and, and that kind of simplistic kind of, uh, evaluation, it's not what you're going to get here. Um, we'd like you to help, uh, we'd like to help you make up your own mind. Um, so listen to, uh, that the podcast, uh, um, 191, uh, is, is the number, a critical condition, uh, uh, decision, with uh, Jerome Berube, that one was from May, and then of course the one last week, episode one ninety six, with uh, Sam Cosentino, and we asked that question right, Kulir Um 
and and those uh, that's the kind of information that are going to it's going to uh, help you make, come to your decision or when you hear the name announced as the first overall pick, you say, oh, well, that makes sense. That makes sense for the Montreal Canadiens. I understand why Kent Hughes, why his team uh, came to that conclusion. Um, and the other thing, it, it you know, when the, the first overall uh, prospect gets to uh, the development camp that we're talking about in July, you'll, have a, you'll know what to look for. You'll know this player and their tendencies, uh, their gifts, and also uh, the flaws, the kinds of things that they need to work on. So today we will review the top three prospects uh, of the most reputable hockey prospect ranking services. Uh, we'll compare the gifts and the flaws of Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, and Uri Slavkovsky. So I think uh, we'll start off with Shane Wright. He's the guy that I've seen ranked at number one the most. In fact, Sam Cosentino has him at number one. Uh, but uh, Hockey Prospects actually has him at number two. So what what are your thoughts on Shane Wright, and um, what do you think about these rankings? Well, uh, let's, uh, let's put it in context that I think, um, you know, one of the things that's being said is that this is the closest... Um, there's not much separating, uh, the top group. Um, and, uh, and, and that's for a number of reasons. Uh, part of it is that, um, you know, for, for many of these players, um, there were like Shane Wright, there was, a almost the better part of a season taking, uh, taken out of, of, uh, his draft, his, uh, prospect pro- progression, um, and, and that's, that's really difficult. So he had a bit of a slow start to the season and, and folks are, are, are jumping on that. Uh, the other part is it was tough to get around. Um, it was tough to travel, uh, and it was tough for, for, so there was maybe more limited viewings and, and important, uh, tournaments like the world juniors that we talked about, uh, in December and January was cut short. Um, so all of these things have led to, um, Maybe, uh, you know, we, we've heard that there's not a generational prospect, that maybe the, the depth of, of this group is, is not um, as strong as other drafts. And I think uh, there's a little bit more unknown um, than, than, than uh, in, in other drafts. Uh, the other part of it is that you're dealing with uh, a prospect like Shane Wright, um, who is granted exceptional status. That doesn't happen very often, and we know the players who, who uh, were in that range who was granted uh, exceptional status into the OHL. Uh, so immediately uh, there's super high expectations, uh, and there's comparisons already. And I think what we get with um, Shane Wright is um, Shane Wright is being compared to Shane Wright. You know, uh, Shane Wright, the the phenomenal rookie year, uh, and maybe this past season um, wasn't as as uh, exciting for uh, for watching. And and uh, the other prospects, whether it's Slavkovsky or Logan Cooley, they're compared to Shane Wright. So uh, there's been a lot of 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 uh, maybe negative energy um, around um, uh, Shane Wright uh, towards the end of the year, but we can say that. He had a great finish to the to the the season. Um, the 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 Kingston Frontenacs um, um, playoffs were were uh, a little underwhelming. Um, but with any of these prospects, I don't, there's not a clear 
there's not a guy who has everything. Um, each one of them is going to have strengths and it's going to, like we talked about, uh, Bill Zito talked about f- with fit, uh, with Paul Maurice. I think a lot of this is going to be, um, you know, okay, that guy might be number one on our list, but who's the best fit for our team? Um, and, and f- so Shane Wright, uh, his strengths uh, have always been his strengths. It's his, it's his intelligence. It's his hockey sense. It's his, his problem-solving ability while he's on the ice. His vision. He, he's able to see plays. Um, he's the, the, you know, the smartest player on the ice. Does, does he look like he's not engaged? Sometimes he does. But um, is, is he making risky, dynamic plays? No. Uh, he usually makes the, the safe play and the right play oftentimes. Um, so his, uh, his strengths are going to be that, that hockey sense, his strengths are going to be, uh, his, his strength, there's going to be his skill, phenomenal skill, the best shot, uh, not only the, you know, the velocity, but the way he's able to disguise it for both defenders and goaltenders. And, um, he's, he's very gifted in, in that respect. Um, he's gotten a lot bigger, and and so this past year he's he had to l- learn to play with a different body type, um, and that certainly has um, has affected him. Um, you know he's very effective in all areas of the ice. He's he's a very good defender. Um, he certainly engages in the defensive zone, um, and and you know there's there's been suggestions that. Uh, that's one of the reasons for um, his his less than dynamic approach uh, uh, to the offense. But um, I guess the question is, uh, when when scouts go to to view Shane Wright, they wanted him to see to see him dominate. They wanted him to to see him, um, you know, th- be the guy that just grabbed your attention. Um, and he wasn't. Now, can he turn that on in the NHL? Was he playing a bit of a safe season, knowing he was uh, kind of the number one um, um, uh, prospect and has been for some time? Um, you know, that's that's what the, the Canadian and the Montreal Canadian staff is going to have to decide. Um, but uh, you know, all of the the really negative things the, the, that are being said about. Uh, Shane Wright are not true with any of these players, whether it's Shane Wright, whether it's um, uh, Cooley or Slavkovsky, the Montreal Canadiens are going to get a very, very good player. Um, you know, uh, generational, no, uh, but but uh, uh, perhaps an elite player. Yeah, the term generational talent, I think it's thrown around quite a bit. Um, the thing is, when a player's generational, and I've said it before on this podcast, is it's once in a generation. You're not going to find a generational talent in every single draft. But what you do in, get in Shane Wright is he's the fifth OHL ever OHL or ever to receive that excep- exceptional status, like you mentioned. So he played uh, in the OHL a lot younger than most guys do. He might not be super flashy as a player, but again, you mentioned his high hockey IQ. He's somebody that pays attention to a lot of those little details. And he's effective when he doesn't necessarily have the puck as well. Uh, I think the knock on him was uh, those offensive numbers. I know it was mentioned that uh, he had a bit of a slow start. 
Um, he did end up putting up 32 goals and 94 points in 63 games. Uh, that's actually a little bit low for a guy who's projected to be uh, first overall, but uh, you have to go all the way back to the 90s when uh, Rick Nash was drafted uh, to find a first overall pick who had a similar point total. Uh, and you look at the, you know, it's talked about his goal scoring, but he had 71 goals over two seasons uh, two, uh, in the OHL. That's not bad. No, not bad <laughs> That's at all. That's not bad. Um, so, again, I think the um, I think folks are are kind of uh, you know going a bit a bit far with some of the negative criticism. And you know, when we look at um, you said Sam Cosentino has uh, Shane Wright at number one. Uh, the other um, um, uh, ra- ranking agency that that we value, and I talked about the Black Book. Uh, hockey prospect um, has him at at number two. If you look at um, what we determine, what what we uh, have put together in our list, I picked out ten of of. Well, actually, it turns out to be eleven because um, some of these, this, like TSN, has two uh, on on the list. Um, you look at uh, you know from TSN's Bob McKenzie or Craig Button, Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino, The Hockey News, Future Considerations, McKean's, uh, Dauber Prospects, Elite Prospects, uh, two from the Athletic, both Corey Pronman and Scott Wheeler, Hockey Prospects, Black Book. Um, who has Shane Wright at number one? Nine of the eleven. Nine of the eleven have Shane Wright at number one, and Shane Wright is never lower than second um, on 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 those other two. Um, so Shane Wright uh, from the public list, and as I said before, maybe different from the team list, on the public list, um, he is, is uh, the number one ranked prospect, even after all that's been said um, of, of nine of the 11 um, uh, public lists. Yeah, and uh, I'll... I'll repeat this again he might not be the flashiest guy out there but it's really just it's that hockey iq that you cannot ignore and uh, that's that's what i like quite a bit about uh, shane wright yeah so i i I think uh, we'll uh, take a look at another center here in uh, logan cooley uh right now uh just for reference sam costantino actually has him at number two and uh hockey prospects has him at number three um Last year, he played in the USA U18 program uh, in 51 games. He put up 27 goals and 75 points. He's committed to U of Minnesota next season. And uh, the word I see the most when I see uh, Logan Cooley is smooth. So I'll get to your thoughts on him. He's, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, um, Slavkovsky being dynamic. I think he's the most, uh, he's the most dynamic player in the, in the draft, um, he has uh, the most natural gifts. Um, you know, hockey sense, eh, uh, but but he's he's he he's dazzling to watch. Um, and uh, if you're looking for, um, you know, low probability but high entertainment <laughs> uh, moves, you're going to get it from uh, Logan Cooley and, and the scouts. Uh, always mention the fact that uh, the number of between the legs passes and shots and um, he, he is very, very creative uh, in his offense. Um, and, and much like um, uh, Trevor Zegras, 
Um, now I, I would say there's, there's a, a big difference between, uh, those two in terms of, of their hockey awareness, their, 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 their hockey sense, uh, with Zegers coming out on top in, in that respect. But, um, you know, as far as puck handling and, and, um, and being dazzling and creative and, and you're going to get that with Logan Cooley. He's an excellent skater, uh, lots of speed, um, He's the smallest of, of the group and um, of, of all three that we're talking about, uh, likely the least ready for, for the NHL game. He's uh, committed to going to the University of Minnesota and he's got a lot. Um, you know, his, it, right now, 5'10", 180, he's got a lot to fill out yet um, in, his, in his frame. Um, you know he's he's the kind of guy who he he wants to make a difference there's emotion there uh there's passion in the game um uh, he the the thing that worries me a little bit is that uh that team that he was on the national development program uh there wasn't a lot of structure the guys were allowed to experiment and do what they wanted and um it looks like his game is is missing uh, some structure, uh, certainly in, in his own end. Um, but, but listen, he's the kind of guy who, who really plays with pace. He plays with skill. He plays with, uh, you know, a dynamic, uh, flair. And, um, uh, he's not going to be one of those guys who's going to be, uh, a natural goal scorer. He's going to rely a lot on, on his, uh, his line mates. Um, but he's a very, very good prospect. And uh, looking across all of uh, the rankings that we set aside here, like we mentioned, I see him ranked number two in four spots. Uh, I don't see him ranked number one anywhere. I currently see him ranked at number three in about, yeah, also four spots. So uh, I don't think that he would be a number one. At least that's not what it looks like. The Montreal Canadiens list could be very different. But uh, it looks like he'll definitely be one of those top three guys and a really good NHLer. Um, like you said, I think the only thing that I saw about him that uh, could be maybe a knock against him is maybe that size not uh, being not uh, being fully grown yet, uh, maybe not being able to step into the NHL game next year, and. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, doing a lot of those uh, no-look drop passes, maybe getting a little bit too fancy, but he did uh, cool that down a little bit towards the end of his season. Yeah, and as far as comparisons, we've seen comparisons like uh, Matthew Barzell, Braden Point. Um, so again, uh, you know, um, uh, is a generational player? No, uh, but a very, very good NHLer. And, and I have to say, um, and we remind folks again, Shane Wright's a center, Logan Cooley's a center, and, and for, the, for the most part, that carries a lot of weight, more than a winger, and in particular for the Montreal Canadiens because of their situation. Um, Nick Suzuki is going to be a fixture, but um, I, I think uh, the, the Canadiens really need another top six center. So uh, we all like centers, but hey, let's talk about a winger now. How about that? (laughs) So Uri Slavkovsky, uh, he's ranked number three by Sam Costantino and ranked number one by uh, Hockey Prospects. So perhaps uh, the most polarizing in that top three. Uh, He's a big power forward. He was MVP at the Olympics, seven goals in seven games for Slovakia. 
and 31 games. He got three goals and five assists with TPS, and that's as a 17-year-old playing against men. So what what are you thinking about uh, Uri Slavskovsky? Yeah, I think you're right as far as being polarizing. Um, absolutely. Um, this guy is uh, he's a streaky player. He's a very streaky player. Um, you know, in his in his uh, club uh, games uh, for for Liga, t- played for TPS, chose to go to Finland uh, from Slovakia. Um, pretty underwhelming. Five goals, five assists, ten points in thirty one games. Uh, but where he shone was. Uh, uh, on the world stage, and um, uh, you know, he made a big impression there. And and his impression is that he is a beast. He is six four, two thirty, and uh, with with a lot of natural skill, uh, skating, eh, um, but uh, sk- uh, very good skill, um, compete off the charts. Uh, hockey sense, well, not so much. His play without the puck <laughs> is is rough. Um, so, uh, but this is a guy who plays with a lot of passion. Uh, flair, I talked about before. Uh, uh, definitely flair on and off the ice. Um, he's he's you know um, he has a uh, an inconsistent shot, I'd say. Uh, certainly not the same kind of arsenal that that Wright has, but his ability to um, to to retrieve the puck, to win board battles, um, and to uh, and and he cer- certainly loves to to score goals. Um, but uh, you know he he is he's very unique, a very unique uh, kind of talent. Um, you know, some have compared him to uh, Patrick Lino with less less natural skill, less less skill, but just that size. Uh, and and um, you know, the the concern is going to be that he had very poor production uh, in in his uh, in his home league, um, and and his team was a bit of a mess, uh, which which affected him there. Um, what's also you know. There's going to be a natural uh, leaning towards a center over a winger, um, and and the the streakiness is going to be the streakiness and the uh, the fact that his his play away from the puck is uh, is a concern. Uh, but it's hard to ignore a, a guy that has that size that that uh, can be that overbearing uh, to defenders um, and have some skill as well. His stock has really risen in recent history. If you take a look at, uh, I guess, uh, the Bob McKenzie list that came out uh, midway through the season, he was down at number five still. And I I feel like I've only really started to hear his name quite a bit in the last couple months. And he, like you said, he's a really big guy. Uh, Maybe he doesn't have the foot speed at the moment, but if he can get that skating under control, that's, that's a very tempting guy to take at the first overall. And uh, you've mentioned that uh, maybe his stats weren't great in Liga, but that's as a 17-year-old playing against men. Uh, I, it's pretty impressive that as a 17-year-old, he was able to step into that league and hold down a spot. So that on its own is pretty impressive. Uh, taking a look at some of our uh, trusted uh, lists here, there are only two guys that have him at number one, and that's uh, Hockey Prospects and uh, the Athletics' Corey Proneman. Um 
I don't know. What do you what do you think about uh, Slavkovsky's chance at maybe being that number one guy? It's very interesting. As you said, there's only two on our list uh, uh, out of those uh, 11 ranking agencies that have him at number one. Um, and and there's two that have him as fifth, although, as you said, uh, Bob McKenzie's was a mid- midterm ranking. There's another one that has him, as, uh, that's future considerations, as low as fourth. Um, so, again, um, very, very kind of polarizing. Um, it, it's it's interesting. I think uh, the Montreal media are are certainly playing up his name, and and they would love him. They would absolutely love him because he's got this kind of aloof arrogance, very confident, uh, but he's very quote worthy. Um, he we know from the combine; those were the quotes that everybody was uh, salivating over, um, and so he would he would have some some um, uh, intrigue for for the Montreal media and and, uh, interestingly enough that um, it was a bit of a flurry this past week it was Jean Perron former Montreal Canadiens head coach Jean Perron um, who um, just um, by way of not meaning anything I I used to see him in the grocery store uh, once a week but I haven't seen him for a while but anyway (laughs) Jean Perron on the radio airwaves uh, in the French media uh, said that he had received information uh, through uh, Nemec's agent, uh, Nemec's ad- agent that um, that definitively the Habs were taking uh, Slavkovsky. Um, so I, you know, I'm not I'm I'm uh, Jean Perron's a bit of a character and 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 not always reliable. Um, I asked our dear friend and teammate. Uh, uh, Chris uh, G, uh, what his thoughts were, and he said he doesn't really take uh, Perron's comments seriously. So, uh, for take it for what it's worth, uh, that's the that was the wild rumor that was out this past week, and and that had people uh, arguing about. Um, I think you'd be further ahead to to uh, to focus on on what he could do for for the Montreal Canadiens, of course. Um, it's not hard uh, to uh, think about him on a line with uh, Nick Suzuki and and Cole Caulfield and how dangerous they can be and how um, Slavkovsky would would provide that line with something very different than than what they have right now in that size um, and make some room for for the other two. But you don't want to get caught up in playing that game in drafting someone just for uh, you know the way they complement other players, the way you know, players come and go and injuries and whatnot. You need to have a, a much more broad uh, vision, a much more uh, big picture item thinking about this player that you're going to take at first overall being a member um, for you know a dozen years. Um, so uh, it, it's. Are, are we providing you the answer with who uh, we would like to take or, or who we think the Montreal Canadiens are, are going to take? Well, uh, maybe not, but we're, we're providing you a, a, a complete picture of, of these top three. Uh, and, and you can say, yeah, I think that's who they're going to pick or I think that's who they really need. Um, and, and, and that's our aim uh, in, in providing you with all this information. So if uh, if I were to put you on the spot, uh, do you have somebody that you personally are leaning towards uh, out of these guys, Rick? Listen, I can understand. I can understand uh, any one of these choices. 
Um, and if, if, um, if Jeff Molson has his finger on the balance, if the, all, if, if his scouts come to war and, and, uh, hockey ops staff come to, to him to approve a decision and it's, it's really close. And Jeff Molson wants to put his finger on, uh, on the scale. Um, we've seen, um, as the summer has gone along, that Jeff Jeff Molson wants good news stories. He wants you know dynamic stories. He wants explosive stories. Which is going to be the story? Slavkovsky, obviously. Um, you know Shane Wright is seen as more of a, a mature but kind of a a, a safe pick. Uh, so the splashy headlines and the splashy quotes uh, that will please Jeff Molson uh, will come from Slavkovsky. Is that the right decision? Uh, I don't know. Um, what, what I see when, when going through all of the information that we have is, uh, Shane Wright is, um, the criticism has been a bit overblown, um, and, and that each one of these prospects has been compared to Shane Wright, including Shane Wright. So that makes for me Shane Wright, uh, as, as, and, and I have to say that, uh, a center is, uh, far more valuable, uh, than a winger and, a center and and a defenseman um, are are more valuable than wingers, uh, but but a, a defenseman isn't in this conversation. Uh, so I'd lean towards a center, and I'd be very happy with uh, with the selection of of Shane Wright. Of course, uh, as we've said a number of times, the Canadians need need kind of one of everything. <laughs> They're the thirty second place team last year. Obviously, they need a lot of talent. So any of these. Um, any of these players are going to be a huge upgrade. Um, but I, I would lean towards a Shane Wright. Yeah, it's hard for me not to see uh, like almost a match made in heaven with Shane Wright. Uh, we've Montreal is a team that has struggled so long to find a good number one center, and it just seems like that fit is right there. Shane Wright, he's been all the talk since he was like 16, 17 years old. Uh, I, I mean, way back, like a few years ago, it was almost like, okay, mark your calendar, the 2022 draft. Mm-hmm. Shane Wright is an absolute must. Uh, it's Like I said, it's only been in the last couple months that I've seen a little bit of a debate about uh, Slavkovsky popping up uh, to number one. And hey, full credit to Slavkovsky for making this into a debate. And like you said as well, it's pretty close between all three guys with Cooley as well. But uh, I, I just, I think it, I, I like Wright the most out of these players. That's my personal opinion. I'm not going to force that onto anyone else. So I, I'm, I'm hoping they go with the Shane Wright, but I'm not going to be mad at all if they pick either of these other two. And it's a really good point that um, Shane Wright has been the guy um, for a number of years. And so there's a natural kind of, um, you know, a bit of a recency bias so that 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 you want to you want to promote the new flavor. You want to, you know, uh, we, we know about that guy. We've heard about that guy. We, we want to know about the other guy. Um, that's that's kind of a natural tendency. Um, and, and you see it, uh, with, with some of the fan blogs, uh, that, uh, they're, they're promoting and kind of over promoting, uh, Slavkovsky because he's the, he's new, he's going to be the, the clickbait. Um, so I, you know, that's not, that's not where we go. We're, we're trying to give you a, a rather balanced view of a rather complete view, um, and giving you, um, all kind of perspectives, um, but when you look at uh, 
the the overwhelming kind of uh, 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 data that we have. Um, again, uh, I'm agreeing with you. Shane Wright is is uh, where I lean, um, but I'm not going to be unhappy if um, uh, you know if if it's not that pick. Absolutely. So uh, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to add once again. I've, I know I've said this a number of times, but. Uh, the team lists are different from the public lists. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that Slavkovsky said um, that when he met with the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and remember, he, he didn't get the dinner, uh, that Shane Wright got a meeting and, and a dinner, Logan Cooley got a meeting and a dinner, uh, Slavkovsky got a meeting uh, and then a late night kind of catch-up thing and didn't get the dinner. Uh, but Slavkovsky said he was impressed, really impressed with the information that the Montreal Canadiens had about him. He said, his quote was, they knew things about me that I didn't know myself, meaning tendencies. And, and uh, so the Canadians have explored this question inside and out, and they've got all of the data uh, that will support their decision. And you mentioned team lists being very different from the public lists. Uh, it's one of those things we're growing up watching uh, the draft and seeing like whoever's rankings and comparing that to whoever gets drafts and being like, oh, this guy, this team took a reach on this guy. This team skipped over another guy. I, I don't know that I believe that so Here much anymore. Sure. That's that's one person's <laughs> opinion. Uh Technically, there's no such thing as a reach. The team's going to pick the guy that they believe is the best player in that position. Moritz Sider was said to be a huge reach, and and there he is uh, this year winning the Calder. So, yeah, uh, I mean, throw Brady Kachuk into that one as well. We all know how that <laughs> ended up turning out uh, yep. with the that whole situation. So, anyways, uh, this will tie in really nicely with uh, our have your say segment and uh, our Canadians question of the week. Uh, Rick, do you have any final notes that you want to put in here? Uh, again, um, we want you to do a couple of things. Make sure you're caught up on all of the Canadians Connection podcasts. Uh, those two in particular with Joan Bruebe and, and Sam Cosentino will certainly help you out. Uh, take all the information that, that we provided today. And then, uh, you know, we, we want you to be the GM. You act like the GM. Take all this information in. And then uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know um, who your pick would be. And, and, uh, and we'll get to that a little bit more next segment. Perfect. Now we're going to take our final break on Canadians Connection. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. 
a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 197 of Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, canadiansconnection.com. Plus, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. And it's a Have Your Say segment. Uh, are you excited about this one, Rick? Of course. Uh, we always love to hear from um, our our uh, hockey community, um, whether it's on the website, uh, leaving uh, comments there, whether it's sending us an email, sending us a text, uh, or reaching out to us on social media. So to get things started off, uh, we have a few things happening on allhabs.net that I will update you about. First and foremost... Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines, those come out weekly and as they happen. So make sure you go to allhabs.net periodically to check that out. Also, you can head over to the All Habs Magazine YouTube page. And if you haven't already, or if you already have, make sure you check out Habs Hockey Report. It's Hockey Trade Season is the latest episode hosted by Amy Johnson. She loves to interact with those who tune in, leave your comments, and she could read them on the air at the very least she'll respond to them in the comment section and so she, make sure has, you- she has a, a question of the week as well and and encourages folks to uh leave their answers um on the on the youtube page so make sure you like and subscribe and you can share it on social media if you like what you saw we also have our rocket sports podcast Canadians Connection, as you're listening to, will be here every Saturday right through the summer to keep you up to date on everything happening with the Habs. Plus, every Tuesday evening, the Press Zone comes out. On next week's The Press Zone podcast, Amy Rick will be joined by Patrick Williams. It's going to be fun. Another AHL hot stove. And we're going to be uh, obviously focused on uh, the Calder Cup is close to ending. We may have... uh, a Calder Cup winner uh, next week, and uh, but we'll be talking about all things Calder Cup. We'll be talking about the Laval Rocket. Uh, we may be talking about um, some coaching movement uh, with uh, the Canadians having a vacancy. Um, we'll be talking about a lot, so make sure that uh, you go to thepresszone.fm or uh, search for The Press Zone on your favorite podcast app. It's time for our Canadians Connection Question of the Week. Who would you pick first overall, Wright, Cooley, or Slavkovsky? 
So you can go to our All Habs Facebook page and let us know. Yeah, or uh, send us a text, 585 through Rockets. Send us an email, info at allhabs.net. But we already have uh, some comments starting to appear on our Facebook page. Uh, that's If uh, you want to find that, it's facebook.com slash allhabs. Allhabs, all one word. Uh, we have more than 50,000 uh, Habs fans there that comment regularly. Um, it seems that uh, we haven't had any love for Slavkovsky just yet. Uh, Spence McAvera says, you got to take Shane Wright. This kid's amazing and ready to jump into our second line pivot. Uh, this is a no-brainer. Um, Jim McElwain said, uh, for me, it's Logan Cooley. Um, and uh, Joseph Hunt said, no, uh, they're going to take Shane Wright. Um Spence McAveer comes back in and says it, that he believes that uh, Logan Cooley is going to be a devil, although uh, I think you would reply that uh, you would see Slavkowski maybe uh, headed to New Jersey. Yeah, I think those uh, people who uh, like Slavkowski need to start uh, tuning into the comments there for that. <laughs> uh, I, I see a fit with Slavkowski in uh, New Jersey for sure. They have a nice uh, crop of prospects there, including some centers, so they, they definitely want that power forward. Yeah, absolutely. They they've looked after their centers with it, which the Canadians haven't just yet. Uh, so uh, Slavkovsky would be a nice fit. Awesome. So if you want to continue to leave your comments on that, it's uh, facebook.com slash all Habs. We have some important upcoming dates uh, this coming week. First of all, on uh, June the 29th, it's the Memorial Cup final. Make sure you tune into that. We could have some Habs prospects there. Maybe we'll have uh, Meshack and Jack Guy, so you'll have to tune in to see that. And then next Friday, Happy Canada Day on July the 1st. Uh, super excited to have that day off as well. And uh, our next Canadians Connection episode next Saturday, July the 2nd. Make sure you tune into that. That's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share on social media if you'd like to. Enjoy your week. We will see you here next Saturday, like I said, July the 2nd, for another great episode. Thank you for listening to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.